Good morning, Blake Holsey Owls. It is another great morning at our beloved school. We'd like to remind students not to go wandering off campus unsupervised. I know everyone is curious now that Mr. Pearson is opening Paradigm Labs back up, but we don't need anyone going to the hospital this year. Please. I mean it. Please don't go. Welcome back to You Got to Know. I'm Bo. I'm Rat. Oh, we have so much to discuss. The lore is beginning. Oh my god, the show has so much lore, but like, not in the stressful way. It has lore in the, I actually have no idea what's going on and I want to see what happens next kind of way. I, oh, before we get into it, we must do our recommendation. You haven't Where? seen this one, because uh, uh. it is thematically relevant. I cannot recommend uh star trek lower decks more like i don't know if it's a good entry point for anyone who hasn't seen an obscene amount of star trek but like that does not change this is a really good fucking show i need to watch all the different kinds of star trek honestly there are oh so God, many that dude. i just have not <clears throat> with in the slightest though you're yeah, definitely cause... doing your best to change that oh yeah I mean, you've seen a decent amount of The Next Generation. Yeah. Like, not a comprehensive amount, but enough that, like, you know your way around it. I can at least recognize some of the characters, which is mm. rare for me. Which I find so funny, considering doesn't your family just, like, have that on in the background of most functions? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Pro. But yeah, we're we're going to catch you up on Star Trek. Just just you wait. <laughs> I mean, for your birthday we're watching one of the movies. Spoiler alert. You get to guess what it is though. So, Black Hole High. I really like this show. I really like this show. Good god. This season of Black Hole High, like I <sighs> There is so much lore going on. The deeper into this show you get, the more, like, I just kind of have to side-eye the writers. Like, you, this is, this is just a vehicle for something you've been thinking about for a really long time, isn't it? Yeah, I keep forgetting that this is supposed to be an educational show because it really just feels like they were just, just like... They had an idea for a show bouncing around in their head, and then they were just like, how do we get this on this network? Oh yeah, put science in it. Yeah, like, oh god. Because there is a point in this season that, like, exemplifies why I love this show so much. It's such an intense, like, episode, and... Marshall and uh, Professor Z literally walk you through how to make your own motherboard. Yeah, I didn't even know that, but it's something that I feel like I should know because I kind of do that stuff. It's just like, cool, I now know how to do that. Educational, we're learning a thing. 
Okay, let's get into the actual plot of this because, like, we can give our thoughts along the way. We're gonna get sidetracked if we just keep. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, we pick up where the season finale left off with part two of the wormhole story. Mm-hmm. Josie gets sucked into the vortex and sent three hours into the past, thus putting her in a divergent timeline. And she immediately, of course, goes to Professor Z. She goes to Mr. Z's office and, of course, have the typical, okay, yeah, I'll talk to you in a minute, you know, I'm doing the thing, until she hides and then Josie comes in again with everyone else. Oh. Like, that's... It certainly was a something. You just start off with lore. Oh, that janitor. He had a moment that I absolutely saw coming, but made me lose my mind when it happened. Yeah. Later. Uh, she talks to Professor Z. They figure out like how she came through the time portal. Time portal? Wormhole? Wormhole. It's a wormhole. <laughs> wormhole. Unfortunately, the show's not educational enough to compete with our stupid. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I'm coming off a, uh, like, four-hour Sims binge, so my brain is smooth. So smooth. So smooth. No wrinkles or bumps, no ridges or lumps. So this does end up giving her the opportunity to do something, though, because Josie's mother was holding a device that blew up and created this wormhole. How did they end up here in the first place? I can't remember. Well, after a mandatory fun night that everyone snuck out, when the thing that Josie's mom was holding blew up, it opened a wormhole that Josie jumped through. So Josie uses this as an opportunity to talk to her mom and tell her if something is yeah. gonna hurt you to let it go. It sounds like she's giving her this big, profound advice, but she's really just trying to impart to her, like, throw it! It's gonna blow up! Eat that! <laughs> of course, she does. And it opens another wormhole, and Josie jumps in. Because she has to get back to her timeline, because otherwise there's gonna be two Josies in that one. Mm-hmm. And we can't have two Josies. So, We've been through this before. One Josie is enough. It has been proven that two Josies in one timeline is not a good idea. Yeah. That's too many Josies. Next. Oh, God. The bees. The bees. Oh, I... Yeah. So... They had an episode exactly like this in Panty and Stalking. I'm not even joking. There's an episode just like this in Smallville. Everybody does a Queen Bee high school episode. It's such a good concept. Also, like, I don't think I've ever met a single person in high school who actually fit the Queen Bee archetype. Yeah. I'm beginning to think a lot of these people just knew very unpleasant people in high school for this to be such a I trend. I think it's more um, a generational thing. Yeah. I think this was probably closer to outdated, because this would have been, like, I think when my big sister was in high school around then? God, how old is my sister? 
How old is your sister? Um. Anyways, <laughs> what were we talking about? We are rubbing our yeah. brain cells together. The okay. Queen Bee archetype. Yeah. The bees so, episode. Oh my God! Not the bees. Oh God! They're because no, eyes. there was definitely some people we went to high school with that could have fallen into this archetype. It's just that they weren't. They were nice. They, <laughs> I wouldn't go that Some of them far. Are. Um, Me. <laughs> I would never call <coughs> nice. Are you fucking kidding me? I didn't have to put up yeah. with you. So, like, maybe the bees were allergic yeah. to me. Said it Anyways, um... Because, no, there is definitely people that we went to high school that would fit this archetype. It's just that we went to high school in a different time. Thing, a lot of things changed from, like, God, when was this season? 2003. A lot of things changed between 2003 and 2013. Dodged the bullet. Like, still not great. <laughs> But still not great, but better than it was. Could have been way worse. A lot of gross wetness in this episode. God, so much. Like a lot of gross wetness, and they made sure to make the grossest, wettest sound effects. Too. Yeah. So, uh, Madison, the popular girl that's been introduced now, is uh, stung by a bee. Something and weird sciency magic. <coughs> happens i don't know how she actually gets infected with bee brain i think yeah no she did get stung yeah. by a bee i think but she is in the process of running for student council she has always run unopposed so josie runs against her but for the sole purpose of beating her because no one has this then leads to josie just going on like a snowballing uh, tirade of promising bigger and bigger things that she can't actually deliver on. Like, no teachers, no homework, you make your own classes, yeah. stuff like that. The only thing that I think could have possibly been an option for her would be the uh, pass-fail grading system. Yeah. Because, like, that's reasonable. That is a reasonable ask. She started out doing really good, but then she got caught up in the trying to please everybody yeah. so that she would win, as opposed to, like, being realistic about it. Meanwhile... <laughs> While Ma there's nasty wetness going on in the school. Madison is slowly infecting everyone with the beast, <laughs> and they become a hive mind. <laughs> a literal hive mind. Complete with, like, pins with... Royal jelly on Oh, them? yeah. And they're all wearing that, sunglasses. They're all wearing sunglasses, which it's honestly... It's so goofy looking. When, Do you remember how they solved this? Um, I can't remember what it was. I think it might have been like licorice tea or something, but they made something with a strong enough scent to interfere oh. with the bee pheromone. Okay, so it turns out that throughout all of this, Professor Z and Josie aren't affected, and they can't figure out why. Turns out it's because they take allergy medication. Yeah. Because they have really bad pollen allergies, 
which I feel like more people should be taking allergy pills. Is it just me or is it not common to have a very strong reaction to pollen? I think people just put up with it sometimes. Like I've met people who like it didn't even occur to them that it was allergies. They were just like, oh, I get hay fever every year. It's like, no, it's the trees trying to kill you. Eat some drugs about it. But yeah, and so that becomes the key. It's like, oh, let's do this. And if we disrupt the way that it's getting through the same way that pollen does, we can fix this. And they do. They concluded that they, I know that they found some strong scented thing to use to like, I can't remember what it was, but they used fans to, like, waft it through. Because she's controlling everyone with pheromones. And it's... Yeah. Oh, God, we're not talking about the cold episode. Oh, that was even... Like, there was so much more nasty wetness in that episode than... Basically, the school gets sick, and it's yeah. as disgusting as you can imagine. I don't it miss it was, 2000s eh. gross-out humor. I don't think anybody does. Next is a Lucas episode where they're getting their genomes processed. So everyone takes a bit of DNA and they process it and then it's gonna go to like be sequenced. Except Lucas's DNA gets hit by the science magic and his personality entirely changes. He is no longer this bookish little dweeb that wears glasses. He is... That's a fucking little teenager growl. Yeah, the little... it's, it's so... <laughs> it's so Fight funny. with the biggest guy in school that gets in his way. And it's so, like, you are, you are a fetus. It, it is moments like this where I have to think back to watching this when I was, like, six years old. And just, like, they looked so old to me like they looked so much older and now i look at them and it's like you are 12 uh, uh, who let this fetus in here they're supposed to be like 16 now yeah, though. That, that's i mean i've seen some 16 year olds who look like fetuses so this episode goes on and uh, lucas ends up challenging uh stew stew if we have not talked about him before is the only adult they have cast to play a high schooler Ah. and it's purely for the joke of how massive he is compared to everyone oh it's it it drives home the fact that they actually use kids for the rest of the kids in the show except for this one guy who's just like a grown-up adult Mm -hmm. and in this new fearless state Lucas finally gets the brave enough to ask out the new exchange student. And also in <laughs> in Jim, he pantses stew. At the top of the rope. Yeah. At the top of the climbing rope. He pulls a short sound yeah. as he's coming down the rope. So, of course, they're gonna fight out behind the school after classes. <laughs> And just in time, of course, they fix his DNA. <laughs> and then he's a little boy again. Yeah. Uh, which then, of course, they have one of those moments where it's like, all right, let's moralize to the kids. Talk it out. Don't be a dick. He apologizes. And Stu basically is put in a position where either 
he accepts that apology or he punches a guy who's coming to him willingly, like, asking for forgiveness Mm. with, like, totally no intention of fighting back. Yeah. To which, of course, they make it look like he's gonna punch him, fake out, he demands he get him, like, new gym shorts, and yay, he's not gonna die! (laughs) Yay, he lives to eventually actually take the exchange student to the dance. Oh, and it is so cute because he's convinced, like, this is not going to actually work out. This was a mistake. Yada, yada, yada. But the gang doesn't give him the option of playing out. And they end up actually having, like, quite a cute time. Yeah, they have a nice time. Of course, this has to end with a janitor moment when... (laughs) Janitor moment. Okay, In class, after they've uh, actually sequenced uh, the DNA, everyone goes to pick it up, except Josie and Vaughn's are missing. Uh Uh-oh, stinky. And we end on the janitor putting them through a mini portal after looking them through and be like, oh, no, we can't get this. We can't let this get out. Can't let what get out, sir? Can't let what get out, sir? What do you know, sir? Yeah. He knows things. He knows so so many things. Oh my gosh. Saying shit. Yeah. Um, The next episode. This episode is the reason I didn't think I had dyslexia until I was like 26. (laughs) Love that for you. So, this episode, uh, Brainwaves... Lucas and Vaughn are working on a project. Vaughn is the subject of Lucas's research, where he has an, uh, was an EKG? EEG. EEG. An EEG to, um, you know, look at those uh, brain waves. Oh yeah, we're getting deep in the brain waves. Of course, because this is a science magic school, uh, when Vaughn jokingly puts one of the probes on Luke's forehead, they get switched. Things happen. And they have to live as the other for a day or two. They have to try to pass themselves off as each other and both of them fail miserably. Yeah, because uh, they do not have the parts to replace this. This is the episode where we see uh, Marshall and Professor Z making a motherboard. Yeah. On, like, a sheet of plastic knuckles, which is insane that you can just do that. I think I'm gonna pick up some new hobbies because of this episode. (laughs) Uh, I really want to do that. It looks like so much fun. I need to learn how circuitry works. I'm sure I can figure it out. As they are living life as themselves, Vaughn as Lucas realizes, holy (laughs) shit. Plot twist? I guess Vaughn has dyslexia. He just hasn't told anybody. Yeah, so he spends his whole day reading. Lucas, as Vaughn, on the other hand, has to go to practice. (laughs) And that's when he discovers, after getting clobbered repeatedly, um, and he's sent to go study uh, the playbook, realizes that Vaughn has dyslexia, except... They do not show it in an accurate way, where, like, letters are flipping backwards or kind of losing parts or moving around the page. Like, that is 
a thing. They show it in like a <laughs> way, not an actual dyslexia way. Yeah, like that is a thing that can happen. I but I believe that's like neurological. Yeah, it's not dyslexia. It's a very yeah. different problem. I yeah, I just know that like that is a thing, but that's not dyslexia. Uh, I remember seeing that as a kid and be like, oh, okay, so I definitely don't have dyslexia. Wrong. I like how you have no problems being able to diagnose me with <coughs> but when it comes to your own <coughs> you're just like, mm, listen, man. Eh. Mm, eh. <laughs> listen, man. So, yeah, th they end up actually kind of bonding over this because... Vaughn gets to read all day, and they have fun. They're just like, wow, we know things about each other now. Don't worry, bro, I'll keep your secret yeah. that you can't read. It's very sweet. Um, here's the thing, though. Lucas and Josie had a thing for drama class? Oh, they had a thing, alright. Um, they, they have to do a scene from Romeo and Juliet. Um... <laughs> only problem is that they don't find this out until right before and it's only as it's happening that Marshall and Professor Z are able to make the motherboard to the EEG so they can swapsy backsies so that means Vaughn as Lucas has to do the assignment with Josie of which the two of them have been tiptoeing around each other since the beginning of this show, but it's gotten so much more intense throughout this. They're just having a little bit of a teenager moment, you know? Yeah. And of course, this is a scene with a kiss. So, <laughs> this show opens up its first love triangle because... At the end of this, because of course they get switched back, you know, after the scene happens, they go back, the EEG is ready, and they have a little goofy moment as they put the forehead pads back on before they swaps. Josie, Josie and Corinne are sitting on the bleachers as Lucas and Vaughn uh, are just tossing a football around. And of course they have the talk of like, oh yeah, by the way, during the scene, Josie and I kissed. To which Lucas is like, wait, but technically didn't she kiss me then? It's like, well, I mean, I don't know. It depends on how you look at it. And so then Josie and Corinne watching them toss the ball and have their distant chitter chat, uh, Josie admits that she doesn't know which one she was kissing. This is an incredibly potent love triangle. This is solid writing. This is great. Because most, like, initiations of a love triangle in, like, anything, really, I rarely see done well as, like, why they're in this love triangle this one yeah usually usually it's just like oh, i like this guy but i also like this guy yeah. for different reasons but here it's like she's not sure who she actually likes mm -hmm. and she's also 
like, it definitely seems to me like she's quite fond of both of oh, them, yeah. but doesn't really know how she feels about either of them mm-hmm. completely, and the fact that she doesn't know which one she kissed only makes it worse. Plus, this show does what you should do in a love triangle, which is there really is something at stake with whichever one she chooses. She truly loses something yeah. once she chooses one of them. Choosing Lucas is her technically choosing the good side from the way we see it right now. And because, you know, Vaughn is, you know, he's the heir to Paradigm. His dad's the big bad. His dad's the big bad and all of them know it. (laughs) Yeah. Is the thing. They're all aware that his dad is the big bad. So there's always a question because he always refuses to like, uh, what's the word? I don't know. I've lost it. Anyways. But yeah, choosing Vaughn would be not necessarily choosing the bad guys, but it would be staking a claim in that conflict against her friends. It would be putting herself in more of a direct position to also be, like, potentially in trouble as well. It wouldn't just be, um her being involved it would Mm -hmm. also be her drawing more attention from the big bad to herself which i think they're all very aware of the drama only gets like more as this goes on because the next episode we get to meet marshall's big brother marshall's big brother has unbelievable levels of swag he peaked in high school except he kept peaking and for i don't remember if it was just implied or if they outright said he was a musician. They said that he was in the school band. But he is like a super jumbo successful something. <laughs> he comes uh, in onto school campus in like a sports car. Yeah, and everybody loves him and everybody's talking about him and everybody is so hyped that he's here. Except Marshall. Except Marshall. Because Marshall isn't feeling Mm-mm. it. He is so upset, in fact, that the science magic affects him and turns him into helium when he's going to audition for the school it band. turns him into science. He is floating around, his voice is all squeaky. It's a miserable time for him, but kind of hilarious for the viewers. He's fighting for his life. And that starts... When Corinne is in his room helping him get ready for his audition for, God, what was it called? Magnet one, Magnet 180? 160? No, Magnet 360. Like that. Magnet 360, mm-hmm. yeah. Totally not an off-brand Blink 182. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he continues, like, cycling through the elements as this goes on every time he gets worked up about his brother. Which, of course, eventually, when his brother is on campus, after he gets Scooby-Doo chased around the school by Marshall's friends, he turns into other elements, too. There is no escape from the science. You will be scienced. You don't have a choice. Yep. Of course, they end up being um, a pretty good set of chemicals to be, because once they finally work it out (laughs) and hug... They neutralize each other and are just covered in table salt. Yeah, they uh, they end up being um, m- 
Um, I think Marshall was in Noble Gases, and uh, his brother was the elements on the opposite end of the periodic table. I forget what they're called, but the ones that... Marshall was chlorine, and mm. uh, Grant, his brother, was sodium. Yeah, they basically turned into elements that would turn into a neutral, unreactive thing. Sodium chloride. Once they talked their shit out and did the playful sibling shove. Uh, which turned into all-out wrestling, which turned into everyone walking in on them, like, body slam into the ground. <laughs> Typical brothers. Like headlocking each other. Except they weren't uh, glowing and being chemicals anymore. Yeah. So it was fine. And it ends, of course, with Grant leaving and revealing why he's in the area uh, when he stopped down. It's because he got a job at Paradigm. It all comes back to Paradigm. Yeah. We get the next popular kid introduction with the episode where Marshall is selling cell phones? Yeah, he cell phones and they all look the same, which it took me a hot minute to notice mm -hmm. that they were literally the same one being sold by the same person. And I was just like, man, it's the 2000s. Couldn't they have had a little bit of variety up in this bitch? Mm -hmm. It was because they were all being sold by Marshall. And yeah. that's why they were all literally the same silver potato. Yeah, uh, because he has a program so that a text message can show up as an emoji so that if teachers see it, they don't know what you mean until you decrypt your message. Uh, this is then used to blackmail him because he pitches it to one of the popular kids, uh, Tyler. I don't think this is actually the first time Tyler's been introduced. He's uh, been really? present. Yeah, I think he's been present for other business deals that... Um that Marshall's tried to pull off, huh. but... I don't remember Because I remember, I remember it also being an issue in the episode where the school got sick because he was trying to set up... Uh, oh, yeah. Trying to set up Wi-Fi mm -hmm. for that, too. Which also went horribly for him, hence all the nasty that we didn't talk about because it was... Bleh. Yeah. Tyler basically tells Marshall, hey, yeah, totally, I'll help you sell these to all the popular kids so that you can get more traffic but he has to help him cheat on their science exam oh yeah so he does afterwards he decides to go talk to professor z and tell him what's up as they're talking tyler sends him a text to not talk and when marshall tries to tell professor z he is talking in utter gibberish. He has been encrypted. Yep. Of course, Professor Z ends up noticing that on their exams, uh, Marshall and Tyler answer the exact same questions correctly and the exact same questions wrong. And it's, I think, the worst test Markle... Mar the worst Marshall. The worst test Marshall has ever turned in. And the best test that Tyler has ever turned in. Professor Z takes it to Durst before he realizes what's going on. By the time he gets to Marshall and they figure out that something's going on that's encrypted him, Durst is already there and very aware of what's going on. And she basically gives Marshall an hour 
to decide if he's going to fess up or not because he won't say anything to her because he's still stuck talking gibberish. Of course, they then reveal that part of these phones that he has are Paradigm Lab SIM cards from the basement. You would think that he would know better, but he did not. Oh my god. Are you kidding me? Like, bro, what are you doing? So, they then go to the uh, programs that he put there. (sighs) That he put in there. Uh, (laughs) And they then use that to send him that message again. And woo, it decrypts him! (laughs) Yay! So now he can defend himself. Yeah. And they tell Durst everything. And Tyler gets in trouble. I think he still gets in trouble, but he gets less in trouble than he would have been. Community service, basically, of being suspended. Because Tyler had told Durst before, because she went to Tyler before Marshall... Um, the reason that he only had an hour to decide or else, you know, getting kicked is because she was told Marshall offered to help Tyler cheat in exchange for helping to sell the phones instead of the other way around like it really was. Which, that just pisses me off. Mm-hmm. But, like, if it didn't work, people wouldn't do it, so... Mm-hmm. An obligatory lore ending of the episode... We see. Oh, there's lore. <laughs> we see, uh, more Mr. Pierce, uh, with Victor. What? His name is Victor. Victor. Yeah, Victor Pierce. Yeah. Victor Pierce. Yeah, Mr. Pierce. We were just calling him Pierce the last time we uh, talked about uh-huh. Black Hole High. Yeah. And I think we had forgotten that that wasn't his first name. <laughs> In the end, Mr. Pierce calls up Grant. It's like, hey, look at what I found. And it's one of the SIM cards. To which he shows him, he plugs it into the phone, and as they talk, everything they say is encrypted, but they can understand each other. And he is told to install that on every phone. Because that Pierce, Mr. Pierce, knows that they are being spied on by the kids. Or at least by someone. They know things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was there any big lore in the equation episode? Um, I don't think there was. We got a little bit of lore that Corinne's family has been acing the, Mm -hmm. um... The big Olympics. Yeah. Okay. For generations. But I think that was about it. All right. Then we have an obligatory Alice in Wonderland-esque through the Looking Glass episode. Uh, Oh yeah, I love this one. Corinne decides that she's going to audition for Magnet 360 uh, because she wants to prove to Marshall that she can sing because she has a crush on him. Oh yeah. If that wasn't obvious by now, at least, well, from how we've described it, it wouldn't be obvious, but if you're watching it, it would be. As Corinne goes to auditions for the band to sing, uh, she goes up to a mirror and she's like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Falls through the mirror. Woo! Into a world where Blake Holsey High is an 
art school. Which is terrifying. So Josie is a dancer. She is a ballet dancer. Vaughn is a writer. Lucas, what was he, a director? Uh, I think? Marshall was a rock star. Or an actor. I think he was, like, just a general, like, a general music guy. And Professor Z is the cool theater teacher everyone wants. Uh, Oh, yeah. It is also revealed when Durst gets involved that this has happened before. People falling through. And we don't know what his role in this universe is, but they always get thrown out by Mr. Pierce. Yeah. Of whom Corinne is going to have to audition for, but she doesn't think she can. The entire episode is them teaching her how to, like, sing, but, like, not in the left the left brained way like mm-hmm. she does. She's got to figure out how to sing like a right brain person. Which I'm surprised this is the first time they've brought up the left brain, right brain stuff. Yeah. But they also tend to dedicate all that to their own episodes. She has to learn how to do this all right brained in order to get home. Here's the problem. At one point, as they're rehearsing and she finally gets the hang of it, they accidentally smash the mirror. They smash the mirror. As you do. To which they then make one? What was it? Out of sugar? Uh, they make the mirror out of glass, and, um, I can't remember what the chemical compounds are, but they are actually, like, the way to make a silver mirror. I could have sworn they had made it out of sugar. I, I don't know if sugar is involved in it, but, like, I do know the, like, the chemical mirror plating process, and Mm. that's what they used. So that's the science for the episode. (laughs) They teach you how to actually make a, like, a real mirror. Yep. Um, of course, her audition doesn't go good because of said mirror smashing but she does manage to run away uh not before we get confirmation of her feelings for marshall with this alternate version who she kisses Aww. it was really cute yeah they're, it was cute. they're rather sweet marshall and corinne yeah so she goes back into her world her side of the mirror She marches straight out to Marshall and she straight up tells him, I'm not going to audition because I wasn't doing it for myself and I don't need to prove myself to you. Way to go. Yes, that is exactly the lesson. That is exactly the lesson to be taken from this episode. The next episode, we get the first real like issues episode that at least from what I can remember... I don't know if I'm forgetting an issues episode from season one where it's nutrition and we address eating disorders. Yeah, I think this is the first one we've gotten. Yeah. And I appreciate the way that they address it in this episode because they are specifically addressing the many different ways that boys can fall victim to eating disorders because most media that handles eds um don't do it well and they only do it about a particular type which is usually first of all usually only restricting or purging and it's almost always with like teenage girls who want to be skinny 
uh, what it's like. It's so much more complex than that, and it happens to so many more people than that. Yeah, and this one, they focused on the, like, uh, they focused on the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, orthorexia yeah. kind of eating disorder, which I don't usually, like, people don't usually talk about that one in media in a way that would, like, show a child dealing with that, like, hey, this is a problem, and you you gotta, you got something you really have to worry about if you're dealing with this. If you find this relatable, you need help. Yeah. This episode features um, Vaughn and Lucas becoming enraptured by a science magic vending machine that gives out nutrition bars. In these nutrition bars, they just become, like, addicted and Vaughn is trying to lose a weight class because he's in wrestling and he's struggling in the weight class he's currently in because he had a growth spurt over the summer. Just outgrew the weight class he was used to so now he he can't compete as well in the one that's higher now. Meanwhile Lucas and this is kind of a spoiler because we don't get this until the end is trying to be academically what Vaughn is uh, athletically, because ever since the thing with the Josie Vaughn in Lucas's body kiss, he has had feelings for her too. But she very obviously has feelings for Vaughn, mm-hmm. and Vaughn very obviously has feelings for her. As this is all happening, uh, Josie does what she should, which is she goes to Professor Z and she tells him straight up what she's worried about that like I think Vaughn is restricting he is only eating this like nutrient bar um, and basically just lays it out for him so they essentially make a proposal and take it to Durst uh, and they get rid of the machine and create a balanced nutritional menu that's also tasty and makes the kids want to eat. Because I think it was like a fortified spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, basically. It was like spaghetti made with good ingredients and stuff. Yeah. Which, like, there's so much you can put in a good spaghetti and meatballs to, like, get it real veggied oh, yeah. up. It's so good. And, oh, meatballs. I, I love meatballs so much. Um, I haven't had spaghetti and meatballs in so long. I'm getting really hungry. Bro. Anyways, uh, this then is resolved, of course, because they're not gonna, like, leave you- Like, this isn't Degrassi. Yeah. Yeah, they do end up, like, actually getting better and (laughs) having a decent time. And the science of this episode is, um, discussing calories- and what exactly they are, which is uh, how much needs to be, bur- or what was it? It is how much energy goes into heating one unit of water. I can't remember the unit by one degree. One gram. Celsius. One gram of water by one degree Celsius. Um, which is how they discover these science magic bars have zero calories, like genuinely zero. Nothing can be genuinely zero calories, but these are zero calories. So they were just like, okay, these are scientifically impossible. This is... Mm-hmm. The devil must be in these bars. And they were right. Yeah. 
So Josie and Vaughn are on the ups after this. And in the next episode, after Josie spends a great deal of time listening to very loud music, she gets supersonic sensitive hearing that just gets more and more sensitive as the day goes on. Which is funny because this episode did to Josie what happened when I accidentally took too much ibuprofen one time. <laughs> it it was literally like this. Everything was so much louder. Like Oh my god. Where like it hurt my ears to pull toilet paper off the roll because of the sound of the roll moving. I understand what <laughs> Josie went through in this episode. <sighs> With this power, she uses it for evil. She overhears Lucas and Vaughn talking about her. Girl is fucking snooping. What she overhears is Lucas ask Vaughn, Hey, so I know you and Josie have something going on, but would it be okay if I ask her out? To which she, well, he phrases it more in a way of asking if they have a thing going on, to which he says, no, go ahead and ask her out. And she flips the fuck out, immediately runs over and tells them off. Yeah, to be fair, was kind of, nobody handled the situation well. Nope. And with the supersonic hearing, she ends up in a few, um situations besides that one of which being when Vaughn comes to apologize for that she can hear his father underground and that's when they find out Paradigm Labs is under the school dun 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 so of course she and Vaughn go down to investigate uh, and they almost get trapped in the end, as they're escaping after it was being started up, only Vaughn is caught. He just manages to hide Josie when they're in his father's study after they get out of the tunnels, after seeing them reactivate the wormhole. And he just grabs the first book he can see, but is holding it upside down. So talented. And this creates... A little bit of conflict, as you can imagine. Just a little. A little bit of conflict, as a treat. Just, just a little. So yeah, now he's looking real suspicious to his dad. Turns out, actually, all is good. Because the next episode, Vaughn is in trust- Well, okay, no, we have- That's at the end of the episode. We will get there. We will get there. To start the episode- Josie and Vaughn went to a concert together. Totally not a date, though. Totally not a date. And on after this date, Josie gets dropped off at school. Here's the thing. She's late. She missed curfew. Because her watch is a little slow. So she gets caught by Durst. Little accident happens. Um, and she drops the watch. And... It stops time. Which is totally a power you want a teenager to have, because absolutely no sh absolutely no shenanigans will ensue if you give a teenager the power to stop time. So this causes all sorts of shenanigans, of course. And of course, after said shenanigans, she gets warned, this isn't gonna go well, Josie. Be careful, Josie. You don't know what you're dealing with, Josie. And would you believe it? It doesn't go well. 
Oh, boy, it doesn't. As I was alluding to earlier, Vaughn is brought in on a secret with his father, which is the floating Qigong ball that he stole from Josie all the way back when he was a student, when Mr. Pierce was. Way the fuck back. This is the secret to everything he has been doing. Josie, at the end of this all, uses that power to pop up there and sees that. And she was already really suspicious of Vaughn throughout this episode. So she puts her other cheek on ball in its place. The one that doesn't have any powers, the regular one, which she still has on her desk. It also has a mark on it. And earlier in this episode, when she was suspicious of Vaughn at first, he was leaving her a note and he saw the other Qigong ball with the mark on it. Yeah. Of course. When the Qigong ball stops floating when she leaves, and it's just that, Vaughn immediately knows it was Josie. And the drama begins. Oh, does it begin? But before that can happen, Josie's watch breaks after she hides the real one the real ball this entire time she's been forgetting to work on a project about time and relativity yeah. with uh, lucas and in order to get the watch fixed and try to figure out how to unfreeze her from time uh she manages to leave a note for lucas with the broken watch and I can't remember how it exactly unpaused. Because their project is based on the concept that you can have a pair of identical twins. One stays on Earth, one goes in a high-speed rocket that goes around space. Because of the way that so the time is relative, time would go faster or slower for one of them. That's basically what Josie is living now. As this is going on, they then realize, oh, if we put her watch on our centrifuge clock for the project, that will totally fix it. I don't know why, but they might have explained it better. But it's, it's Josie's got it, plot yeah. armor. Yeah, this is basically just the moment of like suspend your disbelief, enjoy the show, enjoy the yeah. story. This is all entirely theoretical to the point of fantasy. As I keep saying, it's science magic. Uh, yeah. And yes, it works. Josie pops back, which I can only ask, how fucking long was that for her? I have... Oh my god, I cannot imagine. That should have been so long for her. But it was like nothing. Yeah. Because time slowed so fast that no one moved from her perspective. Yeah, it looked like time was frozen completely. So it should have taken years, if not her entire lifetime, for that to actually happen. But Don't you know what? About we're, not gonna, we're not gonna talk Don't about that. Don't worry about it. The only thing we need to talk about from there is that Vaughn now knows that Josie took the Chagon ball. We also know that Josie knows Vaughn knew about the Chagon ball, or at least he may have previously known about it, but she was still like, she, know she knows he's on the ins. And she decides to show Lucas that she stole it back. So she shows him. It's in a container under her bed. She pulls it out. It floats between them. Time stops again. Because in the background of this all, there has been a hooded figure following Josie around. While time is stopped. 
And what could that possibly be? Well, it's her clone from last season. The clone is back. And she takes the ball and says that Pierce is supposed to have it. That he is destined to have it and she has to put things back in order. And then she disappears. And as she's walking around the frozen school, she walks past the, she walks past a hallway and the janitor is in that hallway. And he immediately unfreezes and chases her down. Yeah. It was end of season. There was a scene <laughs> earlier while time was frozen where the janitor was frozen and there was Josie messing around in front of his face, checking to see if he was actually frozen, and he didn't move. But as we were watching that scene unfold, I literally said, he's going to move, isn't he? He has to. Mm -hmm. And then he did. I fucking called it. So good. So, so Phenomenal. good. And that's how it ended. That's how the season ended off. Yeah, that's that's the end of this season. It ends that's off it. with that's distrust all. and so much lore we have no idea what to do with. Oh, and this isn't even... This isn't even okay. The only here's the lore we have, or at least that I can remember. This is a rare time where we're not recording right after finishing. Uh, we the had season. a couple days between finishing the season um, and actually recording. The lore that we were given this season: Josie and Vaughn both have strange genomes, and the janitor whisked all that DNA away into a portal to never be seen again. Nobody has to know. Uh, Paradigm is actually underneath the school, which is why everything happens there. We know now. And for some reason, Josie's clone from last season is now in some sort of a regulatory position to make sure that Victor Pierce has the magical floating sustained Chagong ball. He has ball. access to the science magic. Yeah. So that his paradigm labs is successful and the janitor is in on all this somehow because he's the one that got rid of the dna sequencing the genome sequencing he's the one who sent josie's clone wherever she went he's been he's been pulling strings he knows everything that is going on he knows, he knows so much lot. also in the episode where uh, Corinne got sent through the mirror, she straight up had a conversation with the janitor. Or he mm -hmm. straight up... That janitor knew everything, yeah, too. That w it was the same janitor. He's, like, a universal constant, this one guy. But Corinne straight up had a conversation where they were kind of pussyfooting around the fact that she knew that he knew exactly what was going on. But they were still blatantly talking about it. Like, they both knew exactly what the dynamic was. Do you have any predictions for next season? Any theories? God, at this point, I fucking, I have no fucking clue. I, I couldn't even begin to put this together yet, especially with how this last episode went. <laughs> I'm at a loss for theories, dude. No vague ideas of what could possibly come next. No. 
What do you? I've never been very good at theorizing. I've always just been along for the ride, and this is one hell of a roller coaster. What do you think the janitor's deal could be? I honestly, what I said about him being a universal constant yeah. definitely stands. This man absolutely has some science magic vibes. If he was not a victim of the science magic directly, he at least was incredibly involved in it before becoming a janitor. Do you have any idea what it could be about Josie and Vaughn's genomes that's so strange and needs to be hidden? Um, maybe they're just built different. <laughs> wow. That's all I got. They're just built different. Not to manufacturer specifications. I guess we'll find out more next season. Oh, we will find out. Isn't next season the last season? Are there only three no. seasons of this? No. No, there's more? No, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How many more are there? The Two. Okay, two more. Okay. Next time on You Got to Know. And... This god, as this is happening, Josie just like deteriorates to such an extreme degree. He's losing brain cells every time Vaughn tries using one. Like, I. It's genuinely like heart wrenching watching as she gets to a point where, like, they go to Vaughn, they're like, hey, this is what's happening, this is why you're like this, and this is doing this to Josie. And Josie's, like, introduced to him, because she can't remember anyone. That's how far gone she is. Uh, so she introduces herself to him, and all that, and he's like, my name's Vaughn, we're friends. And she's like, oh, sorry, I guess. Uh, and then as they're leaving, she once again <laughs> introduces herself. And asks for his name. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's rough. It gets to the point where she goes comatose. Because her body can't produce enough energy to sustain itself. Stop. Discovery kids! Thank you for listening to You Got to Know. Be sure to share with your friends and family. Music by Kevin McLeod.